Hey, welcome to the Sports Block Podcast for this week. It's the last week of June. Nathan Stacken here with you, my good friend and co-host of this fine podcast. Travis Grins alongside me. Travis, happy 4th of July week eve to you. Even in eve week. Yes, I, d- I don't believe we'll have a podcast next week, which is a shame, but maybe. But we'll You're see. Just- really disrespecting America by doing that. You're really disrespecting the play. I thought we'd give a break here to America from this podcast, maybe. You know, just have, let them celebrate the fourth. Let them celebrate NBA free agency, which will be starting. Um, so, more than likely, uh, the right now, the Vegas odds are saying no podcast next week, but Ooh. we will see. Um, I know you're infatuated with the World Cup, but I won't make you talk about it. We'll try and get to... Uh, Marcus on later in the podcast to talk about that as a group play has wrapped or is wrapping up here. Uh, let's see. What, what, I mean, again, we are into the dog days of summer. There's not a lot going on. However, NBA draft was last week. Uh, I mean, that was fun. DeAndre Ayton went first to Phoenix. Then you had Evan Bagley the third go second to the Kings, and Luka Doncic was drafted by the Hawks and then traded to the Mavericks. Uh, so a, a wild NBA... Uh, I always liked the NBA draft, not nearly as much as the NH, as the NFL draft, but uh, thoughts from the NBA draft last Thursday? Uh, the, the Hawks will probably... What's the word? Regret? Regret. They will regret... That keeping Doncic, so that's uh, disappointing for them when they could have taken him. And looks like he'll probably be the best player in the draft. But uh, we'll wait and see what happens. Um, Ed Doncic should be pretty good. Trey Young, we'll see what happens. Uh, if he can, you know, shoot a bunch of threes, see what happens there. Um, yeah, good drafts. Kind of after the first first three, four, five picks, you just got a you just got a bunch of guys there at. You know, there'll be a couple of surprises, maybe a couple of all-stars that'll uh, rise up amongst uh, amongst some guys. So that was a draft. Not, not a lot happened. I think the big winners uh, were Phoenix and Dallas. Dallas for getting Doncic, uh, another uh, star European player. They already have a star European player in Dirk Nowitzki, who's uh, maybe got one year, maybe two tops left uh, in his playing career. So it's, I think, a great situation for Doncic to go into. Um, and as for as for Trey Young, I mean, it, we'll, we'll see what the Hawks can do. But I really like what Dallas did. And then the, the Suns, for being able to get Aiton, uh, that's great. And then Michael Bridges from uh, Villanova. I absolutely love the decision for them to trade uh, with Philadelphia. They traded uh, Zaire Smith, the shooting guard from Texas Tech, to Philadelphia for the rights to Bridges. I feel bad for Bridges because his mom was so excited that that she works, I think, HR for Wells Fargo Arena there where the 76ers and the Philadelphia Flyers play. And it would have been hometown. You know, he's obviously Villanova's in Philadelphia. So I do feel bad for him a little bit from that standpoint. But overall, I think Phoenix did a magnificent job. And the Western Conference just continues to get more difficult and more difficult. Uh, You can... I, I'm serious here. I think you can make an argument for just about every team to make the playoffs headed into this upcoming season. Of course, free agency will dictate a lot of that as well. But seriously, every team, I feel like, has gotten better, especially the bottom feeders in Dallas and Phoenix. 
Suns, no. Kings, no. Lakers, no. Clippers, probably not. Clippers are probably going to be worse than this year. The Pacific Division is pretty garbage. It is. Besides gold. But you can see you can see them getting better is what I I'm getting at. And uh, I think everybody else has got a chance. Uh, Memphis, see if they can get better. So basically, if you're not in the Pacific Division, you've got a chance. Dallas, no, they're not making the playoffs. But uh, you know, you got you got a you got a handful of teams right there. So we'll see if any of these players are actually good. So it, it'll it'll be a while. Dante DiVincenzo goes 17 to Milwaukee. I love that pick. He was the mop of the Final Four, the most outstanding player. Uh, let's see, any other ones? Uh, Mo Wagner goes to the Lakers. Here's the interesting one here. We discussed this. I, I threw the question out uh, on the Google chat on Sunday with uh, Colin Sexton getting drafted by the Cavaliers at 8. Would that be... Is that, would that help persuade LeBron James to stay in Cleveland? I certainly don't think it can hurt, but I am I believe that it's not going to make an impact. But certainly Sexton is a is a phenomenal player. I think he's going to have a very good NBA career, and he's got to be an upgrade over J.R. Smith, right? Yeah, he's probably better than J.R. Smith. I'll give him that much. So, yeah, he can score a little bit. So, uh, we'll see if he can developer just can be a score and that'll be all he'll be so uh, we'll see with uh, with him uh, and Michael Porter Jr. and either fall out of the lottery so you knew he was going to fall a little bit but you're looking like at the Bulls at 7 and 8 and after that you know that's when Michael Porter Jr. somebody may have taken a chance on him and uh, Denver didn't you know Denver will probably make the playoffs next year so if he can if he can turn out the way uh, you know, if he reaches his potential in Denver, they, uh, they could be a good team. Yeah, uh, Michael Porter Jr. arguably had was the best player in the draft, but we just don't have a lot on him. He played, what, all of like nine minutes at Missouri there. Uh, he had the back problem. I mean, he had back surgery two minutes into his collegiate career, which we knew was just going to be a year anyway. But that plagued him, you know, throughout the entire season, and then into the SEC tournament, and then the NCAA tournament game in which they lost to Florida State. So, in looking at Michael Porter Jr., certainly, I think the reward is well worth the risk. But we just don't really know what he can do at this next level because he—we don't know if he can stay healthy. I, I mean, that's a fair question, a fair statement to say. Yeah, the injuries—he's what six eleven. He can shoot, so he's kind of the player. That teams are looking for right now, tall guy that can shoot. So if he can be healthy, even if he, uh, even if he's not totally healthy, if he can just be, you know, maybe a spark plug off the bench, I think that could still help Denver. But uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of mystery there with with his back injury. His agents apparently didn't didn't open up a whole lot about it. So what if you're if you're Denver at that point when there's nobody else that really you look at that can make an impact like he could. At 14. What bugs me most about the NBA draft is that they have all these trades and they don't announce the trades as they're happening. So, for example, you know, with the Hawks drafting 
Three, they, you know, they took Luka Doncic, but we kind of knew on the TV, like those watching on TV, that they had a deal in place with the Mavericks. What takes so long to get it freaking approved? Because then, like, like seven picks later, the commissioner comes out, Adam Silver, and says, we have an early trade. The Mavericks have traded, or the Hawks have traded the rights to Luka Doncic to Dallas for the rights to Trey Young and a future first-round pick. With the NFL draft, we get these trades as they happen. How is it so hard for the NBA to do this? It frustrates me because I think it just confuses people because you don't know who's going where. And it's like, oh, you're putting on, you know, for Doncic, oh, he's putting on the Hawks hat. You're like, you know damn well he's not going to play for Atlanta. It's just, it's just stupid what the NBA does, and it, it, it frustrates me a lot. Yeah, it's the uh, only thing I could think of. Is if an, uh, if other players are involved in it, and very rarely, you know, the trades will be rescinded because it'd be a, you know uh, an injury thing or a medical thing or the uh, what the hell do you call it? Uh, med- oh, like yeah, med- uh, med- uh, like a physical, uh, a yeah, failed physical or medical waiver. Yeah, it seems like not all well, well, we wanted to trade, but then something happened. That's the only reason why I could see it happening. Um, and they could do it if they want to. Um, I think the big, the, the important thing is, I, I, uh, I believe the players know. I mean, we know that, you know, Atlanta is trading with Dallas and, and we know this is happening. So it's not like the players are going up there thinking they're going to one team. It happened to Bridges because that happened a little bit later, but, uh, right. One guard from Kentucky, Alexander. He put on the Hornets hat, and he knew he wasn't going to Charlotte. And I think they interviewed him. Yeah, you're going to uh, the Clippers or wherever. So, yeah. He had a Charlotte hat on, and he was talking there uh, at the draft, and they were asking stuff about the Clippers. So, he knew they were going, and they know they're not going to the team they're getting called. Well, that's so funny, too, I mean, about him. One, that the Hornets were going to draft another Kentucky guy would not have been surprising at all, given their track record. But then, too, I mean, you trade it to the Clippers, a team who is picking right below you, and then you you get, uh, 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 who, who was it that they got here? Um, Miles Bridges from Michigan State. Yeah. It's like, well, why didn't you just draft Miles Bridges? Was it just to pick up a, another second-round right. pick? I mean, that just the, the whole thing, yeah. it just doesn't make a lot of sense at all. Yeah, you know, you're, you want Bridges, and the team behind you wants somebody else. All right, well, we'll pick this guy. You want him? All right, second-round pick, and, you know, you just... You do it that way. So you get something extra, you get the guy you wanted the entire time, and the other team has to give you give you something else. Any other thoughts on the NBA draft? No. It uh, was three and a half hours, four hours, whatever it was. Went by. and um, But they had a three-man team there. Yep. They had Chuck Phillips. And um thought that went pretty well. Him yep. and Jay Billis. Yep. Reese Davis. That's all you need. You don't need four or five people. I like the football draft. The player comparison, uh, does that get a little tiring, comparing every pick no, to... That was, that was all right, because I think the later they went on, they compared them to actual players that were reasonable. They okay. didn't compare everybody to, to a Hall of Famer or the best player at their position. They compared some guys. To, yeah, this guy could be like this guy, who's a good player, not an all-star, but a good player. So I like that they compared them to guys that were reasonable to expect they could turn out to be. So that was good. Okay. Uh, the Twitter Twitter was good. The, the picks were spoiled again, uh, which I'm fine with. 
and um, Olszewski kind of went. Uh, his, his language he used, I thought, was very creative. Yes, um, <laughs> I that. think they so made fun was, of uh, that on uh, Golik and Wingle the next day. So they, they didn't, he didn't say this team was picking this team. It said this team is looking at this player. This team is considering this player, and it would be always be the the guy they would pick. So yep. uh, yes, yeah, the picks. I don't give a damn. I'll put it on Twitter, and uh, he did a good job. So uh, with NBA. Uh, the, with the NBA draft in the books, we now look ahead to NBA the free awards. agency. Oh yes, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, the awards first. Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't catch it. I didn't catch it. But neither. I, I guess I'm okay. Well, I guess it was on TNT. I suppose. Yep. But uh, I'm fine. I guess you know the rookie of the year was a kind of a toss up. But um, the fact that Ben Simmons won it, yes, I get he had multiple triple doubles, but it, 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 the guy can't even shoot from outside the arc. He was oh of what eleven, oh of twelve. What I mean, we we just we brought this stat up multiple times throughout the year. I mean, Donovan Mitchell was absolutely sensational, and he carried Utah arguably to the playoffs. Where Ben Simmons was not along for the ride. He played a, a, a integral part in getting Philadelphia to the playoffs, but if. I mean, he wasn't the sole reason. It felt like Donovan Mitchell for Utah was the primary reason that Utah got in the playoffs. Yeah, he averaged twenty points. Rookies usually don't average twenty points, and he was he was great. So I guess my vote probably would have went to him because they lost uh, they lost Rudy Gobert for a time, and then he came back and seemed like when Gobert came back is when the Utah really went on a went on a run there and mm-hmm. made a charge to the playoffs and. Uh, with Ben Simmons, I mean, he's, he's a good player. Um, I had a dozen triple-doubles or a half-dozen, whatever he had. And uh, Jason Tatum is probably going to be better than both of them. So, uh, good, good rookie crop, even though, you know, Simmons sat out a year. Good rookie crop this year. And you were Very fine good. with uh, James Harden winning MVP? Yes, I was fine with that. Uh, would, you, would you have been upset if LeBron had won it? Nah, I think... Upset, I don't know. Like Harden, Harden should have won. Here is, I mean, obviously LeBron, you can give to him every year, so it's like that. Uh, Westbrook, like he had, I don't think he scored as many points as last year, but he still averaged a triple double, and he won last year. Mm-hmm. And it was him and Harden last year. This year it was LeBron and Harden, and you just look at it, and what we will remember this season for. We'll remember, you know, Golden State winning another title, uh, LeBron doing what he did, and uh, Harden uh, and the Rockets doing what they did, and having the best record, and really giving Golden State a series. So it's like, what what do you remember from that season? A couple of years ago, what, Curry won back-to-back MVPs, I think? Yeah. And those seasons, that's what you'll remember. You'll remember, yeah, he went crazy from three and turned Golden State from a 50-win team to... You know, 65-70 win team. So you'll remember, and you'll remember Westbrook from last year. That's what you'll remember from the season, and yep. he won MVP. So I mean, not always the, the, the most notable player, but it's what will you remember from the season? You should probably vote for that person for MVP because there's a reason uh, you're going to remember him. But I get that LeBron always turns it up a notch in the playoffs. I mean, he was phenomenal, and it is a regular season award. But, I mean, it, it seems like... Voters are just constantly looking for a reason to discredit LeBron or to not give it to him because he is the best player in the NBA, and it's not even close. Sure, sure. So, 
Uh, Dwayne Casey wins NBA Coach of the Year. This is the second Coach of the Year award he's won. Uh, he won it for coaching the Toronto Raptors. Oh, by the way, Dwayne Casey is no longer the Raptors head coach. He got fired after getting swept by the Cavs. Now the head coach of Detroit. So that was uh, uh, interesting, a little uncomfortable, dare I say. But, um, yeah, good job, Toronto. Way to way to get rid of the Coach of the Year. Yeah, I mean, the coach doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. I was, I, I, I was I, hoping I, you would say Toronto sucks. They do suck. Toronto sucks. Um, now these articles that were out there, I think we talked about them at the time. Oh, Toronto's different this year. How? It's the same team. Got a couple of nice players. No Hall of Famers. You're not winning title if you don't have a couple Hall of Famers. So, right. uh, if you look around the league and who's the Hall of Famers on, Golden State's got a couple. Uh, Houston's got a couple. Wherever LeBron goes, going to have one or two. And, uh, Boston's got a good young young crop core of folks. Dallas has a Hall of Famer. Dallas has a Hall of Famer who's goddamn near 40 years old. So we yep. got to get to And then they have a future one who's 19. So um, as we mentioned, you need two Hall of Famers. And if you don't have them, uh, it's not worth discussing. NBA free agency is now uh, upon us. It'll be, I believe it's July 1st, correct? That NBA free agency uh, officially begins. Uh, yeah, just you can start talking that time or something. Uh, I mean, everyone's focused on LeBron and where he'll go. Uh, I was listening to Brian Windhorst on ESPN Radio on Golik and Wingo on Tuesday morning, and he does not sound very um, optimistic that uh, that LeBron will resign with Cleveland, and Cleveland doesn't seem very. They seem resigned to the fact that LeBron's going to leave. Is it going to be the, to the Lakers? Will it be to Philadelphia? Is there another mystery team in there? Who's to say? I hope he stays in Cleveland, but after listening to Brian Windhorst, I am now thinking that it's not likely to happen, though I would hope that it does. We've mentioned before, try and get Paul George to come to Cleveland. Uh, the only thing that I think could stop that would be money, but... Uh, Obviously, all eyes are on LeBron, and then everything else will follow suit. But it's really, it's all just secondary at this point, right? Let me call you back real quick. Okay. We'll pick it up. I'll answer that. Okay. Right, no, I'll, but you can just keep recording. Okay. And I'll, you, you only no, be a couple minutes? Probably 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Okay. Sounds good. All right. All right, Travis Grins will be calling us back here, so uh, we'll, we'll give him some, give you some time to ponder, to Christian ponder that thought. I mean, where does LeBron go in all of this? I mean, is I, honestly, it seems like he's looking for more of that lifestyle. So it would seem that L, I mean, he's looked in L.A. at schools for his kids already, so that is certainly something to keep an eye on. I don't, I haven't heard about that regarding Philadelphia. Uh, you would need shooters. Because LeBron likes to drive in and kick it out. Well, does Philadelphia have any shooters? Well, Ben Simmons can't knock down a three. Markel Fultz's shot is shot. Uh, pun intended. I mean, they're going to have to get rid of J.J. Reddick's contract. Will they be able to re-sign him? Or will someone else sign I mean, him? Who, who are the shooters? Who, who are the shooters in Philadelphia? So I think it really comes down to, I mean, maybe the Rockets, but James Harden doesn't sound like he wants LeBron there. He says, we got enough. So it's really then the Lakers and the uh, the Cavs. Maybe the, I've always kept the Clippers in, uh, you know, 
potentially in that spot. Maybe Boston, but I think Boston would have to ship Kyrie Irving out. So, in the end, of, at the end of the day, where does LeBron go? I would love to say that he stays in Cleveland, but he might not. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, he is going to remain in Oklahoma City. He's got 27 million reasons as to why he should stay. So then, will Paul George stay? It sounds like o- or Oklahoma City might have a chance to resign him, but not not definitive by any stretch. I mean, Paul George wants to go to L.A. Uh, it would be the Lakers probably more than anything. So if Paul George can indeed go, I mean, do Paul George and LeBron give the Lakers? The Lakers aren't going to win the West. They aren't going to get by Golden State. They aren't going to get by Houston with Paul George and LeBron James. You got Kawhi Leonard and LeBron. I might be willing to listen to arguments, but I think LeBron also has to, as we bring Travis Crins back in here, I think LeBron also has to think uh, about you know just where he wants to go because there's going to be a lot of hatred, I think, going towards him. If he chooses to go to L.A., the easiest course would be to stay in the East, because he's going to have a guaranteed trip to the NBA Finals. I mean, it's almost a foregone conclusion. It's death, taxes, and LeBron James making it to the NBA Finals out of the Eastern Conference. Ain't that right, Krenz? Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic. Oh, we got him on? We got him on the phone? I think he's wearing number 77, I saw. Oh, okay. Um, so, um, I, so I was I, just saying... I, you know, yep. I've been a big proponent of staying in the East, obviously. Yep. Uh, but also, if you look at what team has the what team right now has the best chance to beat Golden State? Well, Houston. That would be Houston. Yep. I've been a big proponent of telling Chris Paul to take a uh, hike, to chop, to chop wood, get the hell out of here, <laughs> and uh, replace Chris Paul with LeBron James. And I think, uh, I think if you did that, I mean, you all, you probably would have beaten. Golden State this year, probably, if Chris Paul doesn't uh, twist his ankle, which I found hilarious. Yep. Uh, LeBron James is a much better player than Chris Paul. Uh, They're the same age. And uh, you'd be paying him about the same, or even maybe even a little less for LeBron. Uh, You'd pay him a little less to be a better player. I think he'd probably win an NBA title, even though you're out in the West. So, if I'm LeBron, I'd probably consider Houston. They're the best team. Um, I wouldn't go to L.A. I don't see even if you bring... Who could you... I mean, you're going to bring, what, Paul George? Marcus Cousins? I just don't see... You're not beating Golden State. I don't think that phrase beating Golden State three or four. So, you know, Lakers... I mean, the Lakers are the favorite, but I, I don't see that. I just don't see how like what. How and what. Him and Paul George... Yep. Why not? Again, as I said, if you if you if you and Paul George are going to the Lakers, then you and Paul George may as well hell go to Cleveland. Yep. With Be- Kevin Love, uh, that team that team with Kevin Love is a whole lot better than the Lakers with whatever the hell other shit they got. Yep. With those two. Why again? The whole thing with LeBron that uh, you know is gonna is the black mark of his career is moving around. And like, why would you not bring the stars to you? Why do you have to go somewhere else? Why did you not? Why could you have not brought Chris Paul or Chris Bosch to Cleveland? Why could you not have brought Dwayne Wade? Why did Dwayne Wade have to stay? Why didn't you stay in Cleveland and have Dwayne Wade leave, even though Dwayne Wade won a title at that point? I just I saw it very odd that LeBron 
left. Instead of the players coming to you, you're going to them. And it looks like you're going to do it again. Yep. Uh, I, no, I I agree with you absolutely. I I and what I was mentioning about Philadelphia is that they don't have shooters, and LeBron would need some shooters. And if he goes to LA with Paul George, they aren't going to get by. Um, yeah, they, 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 they aren't going to get by Golden State. They aren't going to get by Houston. So they might not get past the second round. Yeah, I mean, just it. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I don't know where. I think I, I mentioned this earlier as well um, while you were away that I, it seems like LeBron wants to do this more of a lifestyle change. So if it's a, it's a, if it's a lifestyle, because I know he's looked at schools in LA for his kids. He knows about you know St. Vincent, St. Mary's there in in Akron. Uh, you know, is that going to be too much pressure for his kids? I mean, his kid's a f- phenomenal basketball player. Uh, so. I mean, I just don't, I haven't heard anything about him looking into Philadelphia schools. And who really wants to live in Philadelphia? Let's be real here. Uh, I can understand why he wants to live in Cleveland or in Akron, because that's his home. And if he wants to go to L.A., L.A.'s a great place. Why not do it? Sure. Um, but but those are really the only places that I can see him going. And at the end of the day, I, I just stay in Cleveland, even for one more year. See what they got. Just just keep rolling this out because there's no guarantee that Kawhi Leonard isn't going to be talked some sense into and stay in in San Antonio. So why the hell do you want to go to L.A. if uh, if he's not going to go and you aren't going to build a team that will be able to to keep pace with the Golden States and the Houston Rockets? Like if you could somehow maybe get, um, you know, get Kawhi Leonard to Cleveland, that's a pretty good team right there with Kevin Love in the East. If you trade Colin Sexton like they did with uh, Wiggins to get Love, if you trade your high draft pick and whatever else they have for him, maybe that's enough. I don't know, but I think we're kind of going to be in a waiting pattern, just waiting on where he goes, because once he goes somewhere. And that'll probably decide if Paul George joins them. And that'll decide what Cleveland wants to do. Does Cleveland now want to just maybe get rid of Kevin Love? Does Kevin Love, does he become tradable? If LeBron's not going to be there, does Kevin Love want to be in Cleveland? Probably not. Maybe he's on the move there. And a lot of things I think are going to happen. But we got to gotta wait for LeBron to make up his mind. Yep. And really, that's all. That's all we care about. It's LeBron. And there's, there's just really not a whole lot else. I mean, Carmelo Anthony staying in Oklahoma City. So uh, I mean, just DeAndre Jordan is staying with the Clippers. Yep. So it, it's very. It's going to be. It. There was all this talk about. Oh, wait till 2018. The 2018 is going to be phenomenal. And now it's like uh, it's LeBron, and then we'll we'll see what happens here. But just it's all about LeBron. Cousins. Yep. Cousins oh, that's is true. probably the Second or third best player out there. Where, so where do you think uh, Boogie goes? I don't know. He go anywhere. He can stay with New Orleans. Who the hell knows? Phoenix, uh, maybe Phoenix wants to get involved and add some pieces, um, some veteran pieces to their team since they're a young team. Um, you know, maybe, you know, DeMarcus Cousins goes to one of those teams that, that need a guy. Maybe he goes to the Lakers. Isn't Who Jared knows? Dudley on Phoenix? He's an old man. If he has shit, he's, yeah, he's probably 35, so. All right, so bas- basketball talks out of the way here. Uh, NHL draft was this weekend. Yay. Um, so I think that was in Dallas. Anyway, um, we move on to uh, to baseball. Oh, the baseball here. 
Nationals, the Nationals suck. Let's just be real here. Their batting is atrocious. Bryce Harper, that $500 million contract he's looking for, uh, I would maybe give him $250 million. He is playing terrible right now, and the Nationals are spoiling every good Max Scherzer outing. Uh, it's bad right now for the Nationals. The Braves are one in the division. I like the Braves. Yes, you do. Phillies. Phillies are great right now, so I think, again, I think the AL East gets, uh, gets three teams in. I'm interested to see how long the Brewers can play with the Cubs. The Cubs got swept by the Reds this weekend. How the hell does that happen? They lost all the games. No, that's not great. Not great for the Cubs. Cubs are kind of piss-piddling around here. The run differential is... Uh, they lead the National League, but they don't have the wins to show for it. So maybe, maybe do better than that. And yep. I think Tampa Bay, since they've gone to this new <clears throat> opener deal, this new pitching philosophy where they use you know the opener a couple times a week, I think they lead baseball in the ERA. So they've they, that that button that works for them. They've been pretty good this year. Yep. Uh, the Dodgers seem to be rolling uh, now. They're just a game and a half back of the Diamondbacks, who have righted the tracks here. So that's good to see. Houston and Seattle. Houston, well, you know, we record the podcast last week, and then Houston loses to the race. So we jinxed it. That's our fault. Um, sorry, Houston. But uh, Seattle's going to keep pace with them. Seattle had a rough week uh, in Boston and New York. Uh, the Twins, they suck. I don't know how you can win two out of three on the road in Cleveland and two of three at home to Boston and then lose two of three to the Rangers. They have a big uh, nine-game stretch here with uh, uh, two Chi-Town uh, series against the White Sox and Cubs and then a three-game series with the Brewers. So big nine-game stretch here for the Twins. They have nine games in a week and a half and they don't go more than 90 miles away. So. If you're a Twins fan, fuck, you can see all those games pretty easily. Yes, you can. You could. And, they, I mean, this is a big stretch for the Twins because White Sox are garbage. Uh, Cubs haven't been playing great. Um, Milwaukee's pretty good. Uh, Baltimore is awful, and Kansas City's coming up. So they got Baltimore for four, uh, July 5th, and then throughout the rest of that weekend, next weekend. And they got Kansas City. Um, they got seven games right there. You'd like to win all seven. At bare minimum, you like to go five and two. Four and three wouldn't wouldn't get it done. Nope. You gotta go five and two, then you then you wrap up the first half at Tampa Bay. So uh, you've got an eleven game homestand there. It'd be awfully nice to win at least seven of those, if not eight. So yeah, they they really just disappointed. They they've got the talent. There's really not much they can do uh, to change the roster around. Um, they can trade a bunch of guys. They could trade Fernando Rodney. They could trade Brian Dozier. He's having a bad year. They could trade Lance Lynn, who's uh, really turned it on the past month and a half. He's been pretty good. Because uh, all those guys are on one-year deals. They'll all be free agents. And I don't think any of them are coming back. So uh, you, should, you should trade all those guys and uh, see what you can get for them. You know, so regarding Lance Lynn and Logan Morrison especially, I think we applauded the I think we applauded the Twins for their aggressiveness in signing these guys because they seemed like good free agents for the Twins to get. And they have underperformed. And now it seems like Twins fans are upset. And I don't know if it's either at the players themselves or at the team for signing them. So you can't have it both ways, fans. Here, where do you, where do you, what line, what side are you on there in the, in this discussion? I'm on the side that thinks Twins fans are stupid. That's the side I'm on. Okay, there we go. 
because I mean, you'll see an article, you know, you follow uh, Fox Sports North on Facebook or whatever, and you'll see them, they did a, uh, or, or Star Tribune, you'll see them do a story on Maurer, and I, I know what the comments are going to be about Maurer, and I click on it, and the comments are what you expect to be about, oh, he's not worth the money, and this and that. Um, okay, you can make that argument, but um, those same fans would have been bitching, uh, seven, eight years ago, if they would let Mauer go to the Yankees or the Red Sox, they would have said, oh, the Twins, they're too cheap, they can't afford them. And they actually do sign the guy to $200 million, but obviously he hasn't. I mean, he got a concussion anyway, and, you know, uh, had to move to first base, and he's never been the same because of that concussion. Yep. Uh, but he's still, he's still the fourth best player they've ever had. Rod Carew, uh, some combination of Rod Carew, Armin Killebrew, and Kirby Bucket. I'd say all three of those guys better than Mauer. Mauer's the fourth best player the team has ever had. Oh, really? I mean, is there, if there's anybody else you want to put in there, you know, Bucket, Killebrew, Crew, there's three Hall of Famers right there. I mean, you want to one that... Argue somebody else you could. A Tory Hunter? I mean, I, I, I get that he no. probably... No? No, not Tory Hunter? I mean, I, well, I mean, no, I just, just no. A.J. Pierzynski? <laughs> oh. No. That's... Obviously, a joke there. Um, yes. So, okay. Um, do any regrets like look, on? Yeah, sorry. Like you just look at Joe Mauer. This is his fifteenth year. Maybe he'll retire after this year. He probably should. Maybe he'll play you know, a year or two more. Um, you know, on base percentage of three ninety one. That's really good. If he was still a catcher, he'd be a Hall of Famer. But he's not. Uh, his WAR, his career WAR, is at fifty five. Once you get to about 60, 65 career war, that's when you start getting Hall of Fame territory. So uh, he won't get there. He won't get in the Hall of Fame. But um, he'll finish his career. 55 war, 60 war. Uh, he won an MVP award. Um, he had 365 averages and everything, but he had a, he had a 444 on base. See, he was he was the best player in baseball for a year or two. And, that, and they got a lot of money for that. And so, um, yeah, he's fourth best player in Twins history and people just think he's and uh, I, I don't think people would be stunned to hear that or, or what but I was, he, the, I was of the mindset you know when they were talking about trading like trade him to the Red Sox trade him to the Yankees get some good prospects in between because you knew but, the Twins were going to be bad and people were like no you gotta keep Maurer and now these same fans are bitching again so does it you had to keep him you had to keep him hometown kid I get it. I mean, you had to keep. If, if they would have, if they would have let him go, yeah, that would have been a disaster. I, right. Obviously, you talk a lot about the new stadium. This is coming up right when they're getting a new stadium. And what would it be? I mean, the Twins had World Series bops. You know, yeah. it was late as 2010. They opened up the new stadium. They got a 90-plus win team. They get their ass handed to the Yankees like they always do. Uh, 2010 team was, was pretty goddamn good with uh, Tony and. And uh, Mauer and everybody else they had on that team, Kadir, and, um, and they won uh, 94 games that year. I, I get it. I get it. I just, if they had traded him, you could have gotten some good prospects because then you, you know, maybe the turnaround, maybe you don't go through the terrible seasons that the Twins do if they could have gotten something for him. But then again, they traded Johan Santana for you know Carlos Gomez and a bag of beans, yeah. and that didn't help at all. Uh, any regrets on picking the Mets at all to do good this season? I mean, no, because it's kind of, you know, either they were going to do good, or if they were going to do bad, it was because it was going to be because of the injuries. Right. And that's what happened. So, 
we knew what the deal was. If they stayed healthy, they were going to be good. And they stayed healthy and they were good. And then they weren't. And now they're bad. Well, they're like four of their last 23 or something, four and 19. So, I mean, that's, that's what uh, that's, they are who we thought they were. And we let them over hook. Yeah, and then, you know, uh, Cindergaard's out. They've had a bunch of injuries. They're down, you know, catcher. They had them trade for a catcher. Uh, they, they traded for Devin uh, Mezzarosco from Cincinnati, who's made the All-Star game a couple of years ago. He's an okay hitter, or had one good year, I guess. Um, well, they traded for him, and, and the Reds are bad. And once he got to the Mets, the Mets were terrible. And uh, there, there was something like he's played in, like, uh, something like 60 games this year, 50 games, and he's won, like, 9 or 10 of them. So in the games he plays in, he's like 10 and 50. Okay. Um, That's hard to blow. Any, any other baseball thoughts for the week? Uh, Lance Lynn, he's, uh, he's become a viable trade candidate. He started um, one or with a uh, 7.47 ERA. And since then, he's been good. Last six starts, he has a 1-7 ERA. Hitters are hitting under 200. Those first eight starts were terrible. His last six, he's been great. So um, I wouldn't mind him sticking around for another year if they could sign him. But if not, you know, they can trade him. I'm sure people would uh, be fine trading for him. Uh, Louis Severino with the, with the Yankees. We talked about Scherzer and all these other pitchers. Um like Severino with the Yankees, he's he's as good as any of them. So and, and for whatever reason, it, it, it's it's weird because he's on the Yankees and the Yankees are really good, and he's by far their best pitcher. Uh, but nobody talks about him as being one of the top five guys, and he, he is one of the top five guys. So that's I don't know what that is because he's I don't because he's you know from down south to Dominican or every summer. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but. Nobody talks about Severino, and uh, he's killing folks. Um, any thoughts on the College World Series? No, Oregon State. Well, Oregon State, Mississippi State. Ar- Arkansas. Arkansas. I know there's been a lot of talk about the Mets trading DeGrom to the Yankees. Hopefully that doesn't happen. That'd be bad. Yes. Happen. Um, what was it? It was the... If Arkansas, I think Arkansas probably is going to win this deal. So if they win it, I think Florida won it last year. Uh, did Alabama win football this year? Yes, they did. Alabama won football. Okay, and they've been there the last couple of years. Uh, we had Mississippi State women win the, it was two years ago they won the, the Mississippi State win the national, the, the women? Uh, South Carolina won. Oh, either way, and, and who they beat? Mississippi State, right? Yes, they did. Oh, the SEC is good at sports. As long as it's, you know, baseball, I guess basketball for women. I mean, they're, they're good at sports. Is that, that, that's breaking news, folks. That's not fake news. That's breaking news no. right there. SEC, they win a lot of national titles. Um, I really don't have too much else here other than an interesting thing by the NFL. Uh, you know, we don't really care about the NFL right now. It's, you know, training camps will start at the end of July, so in a month. But, um... The NFL does themselves no favors by doing stupid shit. By the way, there was a mass exodus of officials last week. Uh, Gene Steratore, 
uh, Terry McCauley, I know, was leaning towards, uh, or he was trying to audition for NBC, um, but he didn't get it there. Oh, no, maybe it was Terry. Yeah, it was Terry McCauley that uh, he retired as well. So, I mean, just they have they have uh, a lot of uh, good officials who have left. Ed, Ed Hockley's not going to officiate games this upcoming year. Uh, Jeff Triplett was going to retire anyway. He's bad, but uh, he's with ESPN now. So because uh, Jerry Austin is with John Gruden in Oakland because they work together at ESPN. Anyway. Uh, so, so that's a, a little quirk in the NFL that we'll have to keep our eye out uh, for regarding the officials. But a bad story for the NFL that they, they completely self-inflicted gun wound here. Um, Chiefs offensive lineman uh, Laurent du- Duverney Tardif. I hope I pronounced that correctly. He graduated from the McGill University Medical School on uh, at the end of May. So, congrats to him. That that's a huge accomplishment. You get your MD degree um, while be while playing in the NFL. Very high honors. And he requested the that the NFL put MD on his jersey or see if he could put MD on his jersey. You know, if players have junior or senior, or the third or you know whatever. Oh. The NFL declined it. This is a chance to celebrate a guy who has earned his medical degree which is a big deal for anyone to earn their medical degree. Uh, may, maybe not Larry Nass, uh, Nessler, that guy at uh, Michigan State. Him aside, um, this is a big deal, and the NFL said no. So the no-fun league strikes again, and it just makes them look stupid, makes them look bad. I would hope that, uh, that, that they change their mind on this, but this makes the NFL look very petty. I've got an idea. If you beat your wife or do drugs, they should put a star somewhere on your jersey to signify that you've beaten your wife or you've been pulled over for a DUI or some drug-related offense. Oh, oh, because they they celebrate like a like a Greg Hardy or an Adrian Peterson. Do you remember back in the day we talked about Disney movies on the lounge? Yes. The other night. Yes. Uh, do you remember there was a Dr. Seuss deal back in the like a twenty-minute deal? Uh, what is it? The star, you, you remember the Stars star without bars? You remember the star bellies and whatever? Yes, what yes, called. absolutely. And they go on the machine and they get the star. You take and, it and off. Yep. What if, obviously, we watched that as a kid and we just saw, you know, you got the, these weird looking animals wherever the hell they were supposed to be. And you had the <laughs> ones with no stars and you had the ones with the stars. And then, uh, you know, the, the, the ones with, without the stars got the stars. So then the, the ones with the stars removed them, so it was good to, you know, they just switched the scripts. Yep. And the guy came into town, and the guy screwed them all. Then after a while, they went through the machines, and after a while, you know, some people had stars, some people had five stars, some people had two. And you couldn't tell the difference between uh, who was originally a star belly and who wasn't. Right. And as a kid, that was just a 20-minute cartoon to watch as a kid. Uh, when in fact, when you get older and you think about it more and what Dr. Seuss is trying to do, it was, uh, this has nothing to do with football, but we're just talking about it. Right. It has to do with, with race, and race is a big thing now, and immigrants. It has to do with, you know, all right, you don't look like me, so I don't like you. And, uh, and in the end, they all got mixed together, and in the end, they couldn't tell who was who. So it was the premise of the Star Billies, whether we knew it or not, was that. 
you know, black or white or whatever. It, it doesn't matter what you look like or how many stars you have on your belly. Uh, we're all the same. So that goes to that point. Um, man, yeah, man it, just it, give you a round of applause for that. That's a very good, very good uh, um, recap of the sure. uh, that Dr. Okay. Seuss book and also the message involved. Well done. I say uh, congratulations to Dr. Seuss for doing what he did. Yes, he did. Yep, absolutely. It doesn't, awesome. doesn't get any better than the star bellies. But, I mean, it, it, it would seem to me to be an easy decision to maybe have that happen. Um, for him to put that on his jersey because um, it, it supports, you know, this guy, you know, pretty smart guy. You know, and it's Zach Zinner. He gets, you know, he's going to be, you know, in pharmacy or whatever, the, the doctor, yeah. whatever he's going to be. Yep. Good for him. So you would think they would want to support that. I have no idea how Steve Smith Sr. gets away with having Sr. on his uh, jersey. Uh, he had a kid. Obviously, the kid is an infant. Why would that? Why? Why? You can put Sr. on your jersey because you have a kid. You can put Junior or the third. Sure, in which you're literally 30-plus years older than this kid. Doesn't make any sense. So, um... Yeah, the NFL, again, reminder, whatever, you know, whatever the NFL, if there's a choice to be made, they'll make the wrong choice all the time. So, Yes, they will. Um, that's it for me. Anything else you got this week? Just watch the Star Bellies and enjoy it, and uh should be good with all the Star Bellies. Have a Star Belly Fourth of July. Thank you. If I do not speak, if we do not do a podcast next week, again, uh, Vegas odds right now are say bet against not having a podcast next week. So if we do not, have a very enjoyable 4th of July, my friend, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Where does the 4th rank? I mean, you got here on all, all oh, green of well, Christmas, okay. Christmas and Thanksgiving are probably 1 and 2. Other than that, I don't even know what I would put 3 for a holiday. Fourth uh, of July, I don't know, just kind of there, especially when it's on a Wednesday. It's you know, that's the one. That's the one bad part. I mean, Christmas and Fourth of July are the two holidays that fluctuate. I mean, any other? Uh, yes, Thanksgiving does to a degree, but you always know it's the fourth Thursday of the of November. You know, Memorial Day, fourth Monday of May. So they're set in those days. Uh, by the way, first off, Kelsey says hi. Um, and two, her family oh, yeah, loves, loves. Does she know? Does she know about the star bellies? I would assume so, but I will check with her after we record this. Uh, she loves the. Her family loves the Fourth of July. It's a big deal. They get fireworks, blow them up, uh, get some good. Like we had alligator a, a couple years ago. That was very tasty. Um, it, it's just a big deal. They, they, they love the Fourth of July. It is their most favorite holiday of the year. And really? Yes. Yep. So I have grown now. To, I always I. I like the 4th of July to begin with, but uh, I've grown to like it even more. I would rank it, I think I would still rank it third behind Thanksgiving and Christmas, but uh, it's it's definitely a holiday now that I show more appreciation for. And maybe we just say that hopefully America has a better birthday this upcoming year than this uh, past year. Boy, America sucks. Maybe it's been well, for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I suppose. Uh, oh, yes. I, I, can, I, we, I can, we, can we end on a positive note? Fourth <laughs> uh, of July, there will be plenty of baseball. Uh, we're going to have a surprise birthday party for my dad. Very good. It is July 5th. Tell Lee hi and happy birthday from the, the stack. 
His birthday is July 5th, so on that Thursday. So we're going to have it on that Tuesday night. Ooh. Or a couple days before, hence the surprise aspect yes. of it a couple days before. So uh, we'll have that. And we'll say, uh, Fargo says hello. And, um, and we'll go from there. Very good. We'll tell Lee happy birthday, and uh, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Enjoy the 4th of July, my friend. All right, we'll see you, and can't wait to talk about uh, LeBron going to Chicago, wherever that's going to go. Oh, well, well just shove Final that in there. I think, he, I think he stays with Cleveland on a one-year deal. I I hope he stays with Cleveland. I'm a little less sure now after, like I say, after uh, Brian Windhorst's uh, appearance on Golik and Wingo on Tuesday on ESPN Radio. We're but, gonna we're gonna do this all over again next year. Yes, we will. Yeah, no no doubt. Nope, it's the NBA free agency 2019 that everyone's looking forward to. Yep, sure. Yeah. Right. Thanks NBA. Thanks NBA. You're welcome. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Krenz. Oh. Uh, Raw, Raw is going to be in Sioux Falls on Monday. First time they've ever been here. It's going to be on the TV. I know last time SmackDown was here last summer. Uh, you'll remember what day that was because we did the uh, it, it, NFL, NFL, fantasy, NFL draft. fantasy draft. And yep. you, we did that somehow. Uh, so that was good. Um, so Raw will be in Sioux Falls. Uh, I am debating whether or not to go. USA? Is it on that? USA? It is on USA. It was going to be a definite one. Oh, yeah, they're going to be here. Yep, obviously, WEC will be there, so that's disappointing uh, for everybody involved. But um, and, but the show just hasn't been very good for a while, so I probably will go. We'll just have to wait and see. All right. I look for a full review here, and I'll maybe try and catch a, a, a 10 minutes or so on Monday. Oh, shit. It's three hours long. Be happy that I'm giving you 10 minutes. Okay, great. <laughs> Thanks, Grins. Alright, we'll see you in a few weeks. Travis Krenz joined us here, Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time. As always, great uh, great stuff there. Shorter, shorter podcast here for you this week. Again, probably no podcast next week. Enjoy the 4th of July with your family and friends. It's a, uh, just have fun. Be safe with the fireworks. Don't blow your thumb off or your finger off like Jason Pierre Paul. Uh, but we aren't done yet. Um, have some World Cup talk. See if we'll get Marcus Traxler on here. Um, if not, we'll, uh, uh, have a little World Cup talk and then wrap up the podcast here. But you can always find this podcast available on iTunes. Just search Sports Block Podcast. Um, also follow me on Twitter at ND Stacken. Also Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Have a link posted to this podcast later to middle part of the week. Coming up next, World Cup talk with or without Marcus Traxler. That's coming up next here, Sports Block Podcast. All right, we continue here on the Sports Block Podcast, and pleased to be joined by our resident World Cup analyst, and uh, I would say the expert in the soccer game here on the Sports Block. It is Marcus Traxler from the Mitchell Daily Republic. Marcus, how are you? I'm good. You couldn't get uh, Krim to break down Tunisia and Panama? I, I could not, no. Uh, no. I don't know if... I think Panama... Would he know Panama was in the World Cup, or would he know more about Panama the song? I, I would, you'd probably have to favor the song that case. I think so. <laughs> I would agree. We are done with group play. Um, and I, I, to, at least to me, apart from Germany not making it to the knockout stage, everything kind of, as the dust settles, everything kind of played out as you would expect when, for the most part, wouldn't you say? 
I think so. I mean, I don't think there was, like you said, aside from Germany, I wouldn't say there was a huge uh, crash out that would really make you shake your head too much. I mean, I, I think, you know, given that the field gets halved down and that there's, you know, a few groups that are going to be a little bit tougher than others, um, that'd be one thing. And I'm sure we'll get into it, but I think the way that the bracket sort of settled here, um, it's a little bit more balanced than I think we were fearing. I think we all feared that that left side of the bracket was going to be demonstrably more heavy than the right side. And I think it is heavier still, but there are some good teams on the on the right side of the bracket um, that we should at least make this interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just to hit home again on Germany for a second, they are the defending World Cup champions. And, I, I mean, they just look terrible in all three of their games, really. I mean, they had to get a lucky goal uh, back on, what, I believe, Saturday to even to, to get a win. They were a man down, if I recall. I mean, it, yeah. it's just it's remarkable to me how bad Germany looked. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, everybody's sort of doing the uh, the post-mortem on why why they played so poorly. Um, you look back at, at the fact that they, they won the championship in, in 2014, uh, they lost a lot of really talented players in that span since then. Um, and I think people maybe lose sight of how, how much a team can change in four years. Um, you know, they, they lost, uh, they lost Miroslav Kose, who was, you know, basically the, the best World Cup goal scorer of all time, at least in totals. Um, they lost Per Murdersacker, Schweinsteiger, they lost Philip Lom. You can go down the list. It's, it's a lot of really key players that they've had for a long time. And I, you know, if you're a casual soccer fan, um, and that's probably somewhere where I would be, uh, you lose, you lose sight of the fact that this is maybe a different team. I think Germany itself may have just kind of been coasting on its own reputation and the fact that they have the, the great players, but it's a matter of putting it together. And I think like we talked about last week, um, the group stage, it goes by so quickly. Like you said, it's over already in, in two weeks time. And you've got three games, and you've got to make hay in those three games, otherwise you're done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as we go through it here, Group A was won by Uruguay with nine points. Russia also advances with six. Group B, Spain and Portugal advance. Uh, I feel really bad for Iran. They had a golden opportunity and just had a, a ball just push wide of the net. Uh, so you feel for Iran there a little bit. Group C, France and Denmark advance. Group D, Croatia and Argentina. Uh, lucky, I mean, Messi finally arrives and scores a goal in their final uh, game of group play. Brazil and Switzerland out of Group E. Sweden and Mexico out of Group F. Of course, that was the group that Germany was in. Belgium and England out of Group G. And Colombia and Japan out of Group H. Uh, Senegal loses based on the fact that they had more yellow cards. Uh, so that's why Japan advances there. Um, so out of all of the teams here that have advanced now, who has impressed you the most? Um, I would have to say I'm most impressed by Uruguay. I mean, nine points, like you said. Uh, their group was not very difficult, but I think they did basically all you could ask. Uh, and they, they blitzed Russia in that, that last group stage match. Um, they're obviously not, they don't have a particular easy draw. I don't think you really want to see Cristiano Ronaldo in, in the round of 16. No, I think probably not. in a good position. Um, you know, Brazil... I think has, has probably gotten the job done quietly. They look like a team that maybe is, has a chance to improve here as the 
World Cup goes on, and I think you know Mexico is going to be. I mean, what Mexico team are you getting? Is the, is the main question. I think they're a little more than a speed bump for Brazil in that match, and Belgium has looked great. Um, so they're they're a team I also like. Those three teams all on the same side of the bracket. Um, if you want one from the other side, I guess I would maybe. I, I, I do like England. Um, you know, they played basically an entirely different roster in the final game against Belgium. I realize that England is notorious for going out in the round of 16 or in the quarterfinals. And this team is, you know, they won once in World Cup history. But they have all the talent. They have a, a relatively reasonable draw. Colombia will not be an easy task, but uh, I think if England's ever going to make a run, here's your opportunity. Okay, I I like that here, and I agree with you on Uruguay. It's tough for me to really get a sense of them because their their draw was so easy, but they did take care of business, as you would hope that they would. I've been most impressed by Belgium. Uh, they look like they are just ready to roll here. Uh, as as mentioned, Argentina does get lucky in advances. Uh, I mean, Croatia. I'm not sure still how much to buy into them. Brazil is in there. Sweden, they're they're kind of an interesting storyline as well. So I guess as we all kind of you know, they're off on Friday, they begin again on on Saturday here. So as we look at that here, uh, we begin with France and Argentina on Saturday, Uruguay and Portugal as well, uh Spain and Russia, Croatia and uh Denmark on Sunday, Brazil, Mexico, and Belgium, Japan on Monday, Sweden, Switzerland and Colombia, England on uh, Tuesday there. So, what are you looking for here as the uh, the knockout stage begins? Who are you in terms of the matchups that we're getting? I know you alluded to some of it already, but who are you really liking, or who do you think uh, can advance out of this? Well, I love I love the France Argentina game right off the bat. I think it's kind of a it's a really interesting match. I, I think France has has maybe been one of those teams we haven't paid a lot of attention to, but they you know, they did what they needed to do get through. Um, Argentina snuck through without a doubt. Um, yes. Messi is going to carry this team as far as he can. Um, so I'm, I'm just intrigued, you know, when you have a chance to see that proud country, uh, what will happen with Diego Maradona? That's worth watching as well. Does he fall out of, uh, his, his box seat, uh, or get ejected with, with his double birds? Uh, <laughs> so we need, we need to keep an eye on that. I, you know, I guess my my game my maybe underrated game of the uh, of the the round of sixteen I guess would be Croatia Denmark um, sort of that soft underbelly of the right side of the bracket because the winner of that match gets I mean I, I should say that they're they're not matched up together but that that central part of that bracket is Croatia Denmark um, and Switzerland Sweden and like you said Sweden is maybe the interesting team. I entered last week at Switzerland. Uh, Croatia is kind of a swashbuckling team as well. So those are three teams that are very interesting. Denmark has, has Christian Eriksen, who's one of the better attacking midfielders uh, that doesn't get talked about either. So this is uh, those are interesting matches that I don't think people will spend a lot of time on. Um, Belgium-Japan, I don't think that'll be a good match at all. I think Japan's the weakest of the 16 teams left, to be honest. Maybe Russia's mm-hmm. worse. But, um, yeah, I, I think I think we've got some good matches. I mean, I would expect, you know, a couple of these to go 
certainly right down the wire, if not you know, extra time and penalty kicks. I apologize if I missed it earlier, but who do you think got the best draw in terms of the the knockout stage and going forward here? Um, I, I think I, I would maybe hint at Brazil because um, they do get Mexico, and then there is if you can get past Belgium, if we're talking about that that particular side of the bracket, um, it does does sort of open up for them, um, in my opinion. But I think if we're talking about the other side of, of the bracket, um, Spain is probably in the best position because uh, they find themselves with uh, with Croatia or Denmark in the possible quarterfinals, and then we're talking about a some sort of combination of Sweden, Switzerland, Colombia, and England in the semifinals. Um, I don't know. I, I'm really still skeptical on Spain. I'm skeptical on Portugal. That The way that group ended... And like you said, it went down to the wire. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to think about any of those, uh, uh, either of those two teams. To be honest, and they're good, obviously, but uh, it's a matter of consistency. I did not really dig how Spain closed things out. Like you mentioned, Iran, uh, you know, almost almost got all the way through. Yeah, and I'm just looking at this here. Like, I don't know if I can completely buy into Colombia. Um, I, I like you. I, th- I think England's got a chance. Mexico's really interesting to me just because of how they've gotten. I mean, I mean, they, they were crying out loud. I saw a video, I think, on the Daily Show that they were uh, celebrating uh, the, in Mexico City at the South Korean embassy. Uh, that, that they were celebrating the, the fact that South Korea was able to oust Germany. So they maybe are more just in the spirit of actually getting to this stage. Uh, you know, Croatia's interesting, but yeah, I I think I'm kind of all on this Belgian team. There seems to be a lot of people who are going with Spain. Spain was the favorites kind of to begin the tournament, but then firing their coach two days in, and now that they've made it to the knockout stage, a lot of people really starting to buy into Spain. Does Do you buy into them anymore now that they've advanced, even with the coaching issues that they've had? Well, no. But my, my one thing I would say, and it's fitting that I'm the hockey slash soccer analyst yes. on this particular program that the coaches in soccer mean about as much as the coaches in hockey for the most part. So, <laughs> Fair, yes. Uh, I, think, I think that, you know, Spain, they've got enough talent. They play this particular style that's, you know, beautiful. I don't think they would need, uh, I think you or I probably could coach them and they could figure it out. So um, I think in that way, the, the coaching change is, is probably a little bit overwrought. Um, I, I am interested to see how they move forward. They're just so erratic. I, I don't see any way Russia beats them in that match, but weird stuff has happened already in this World Cup, so I guess you can't completely rule it out. Um, you know, to your point on Mexico, they were just, to me, they're just so erratic right now. I, I wasn't, they had the nice win over Germany. That was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just think, the three zero loss to Sweden is one that I think you just kind of uh, scratch your head at, I, I believe. So, yep. um, you know, it's great that they got through. I, I mean, that's nothing taking that away, but um, that was not a good performance in the last game when you really could seal things up and um, be in a great position. So throughout group play, now that group play is done, was there anything that really caught your eye? Uh, and it can be in terms of you know officiating the play. What what's your overall takeaway out of group play? My takeaway is that the replay system has worked extremely well. I think people were very skeptical, rightfully so, about 
VAR, the video assistant referee, being used uh, in this tournament. Soccer is sort of notorious for letting the game go on and mm-hmm. letting that man in the middle, the, the lone guy, figure it out on the call. Now, I, I was very appreciative of, I, I believe it was eight years ago, they added goal line technology, um, or maybe it was just a, maybe it was just four, but they had to do that. Uh, and they still have that, but the video assistant replay has been critical. I mean, we've had penalties that weren't penalties get called back. We've had goals be given. We've had offsides be overturned into goals, and all of them are critical. Mm-hmm. To me, it's, it's, you know, I don't know if the system is necessarily better than the NFL, but you know, how many times do you have a, a review in the NFL? You know, some some pass is caught on the out-of-bounds line. It's third and six. They overturn it. In the end of at the end of the day, it doesn't change really the outcome of the game necessarily. Yep. Every single one of these decisions in soccer has been deciding games, and that's why I think it shows uh, how important it is. How many calls maybe have been missed in the past, and uh, things that are being corrected to that. To me, VAR is the big winner so far because uh, it has worked well for the most part. The refs have ran over there, and it hasn't taken more than about thirty. 30, 45 seconds. So that's a good good thing for soccer, um, at least in that regard. Now, they could all go to hell uh, right. you know, in this next next few rounds, but so far, so good in that regard. To your point, though, at least regarding the NFL, there, there's not as nearly as much interpretation of the rules you know, that in soccer as you would have in the NFL. Uh, are you surprised at how many uh, VARs we've had so far in the World Cup? At least, it, to me, it's a little surprising that there have been... It, at least to me, that seems like there's been a high number. Yeah, and you know, I, I honestly thought that if we're talking about subjective calls in soccer, I thought the penalty stuff and, and whether or not there's a foul in the penalty area would be more subjective, but that really hasn't been. The refs have gone over there, they've looked at it, made a, a fairly quick evaluation, and we've gotten on with it. And, um, I, you know, if, if you watch, I watch the Premier League most of, of any of the the league play and they're always arguing about penalties and so I was surprised that 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 has been pretty easy to decide for a lot of these officials fascinating stuff we'll see what happens here as the World Cup continues Marcus uh, thank you so much for the time and uh, have a great 4th of July next week and we'll uh, check in in a couple of weeks here and uh, as we uh, wrap up here with with the championship match who's going to win the FIFA World Cup Marcus thank you you got it Marcus Traxler, Mitchell Daily Republic, kind enough to join us here. Always appreciate his time. Uh, great stuff, as always. Um, yeah, it, it's been some very interesting uh, happenings going on in the World Cup. Out of the 32 teams, uh, again, they are expanding to 48 here. Uh, I don't know if it's, I think it's starting 2026 when the World Cup comes to America here North America, uh, Mexico, Canada, and the United States. But out of the 32 teams that failed to win a game, Egypt did not win a game. Morocco did not win a game. Australia did not win a game. Iceland, poor Iceland. Our Vikings did not win a game. Uh, Costa Rica did not win a game. Panama did not win a game. So those are your teams there. Interesting, you have a lot you know, Central American, and then Iceland, the, the, the small nation, Morocco, yeah, Egypt. 
couple African nations in there. Uh, shame that Senegal could not get in, or Nigeria. I was really hoping for them. So we'll see how it all unfolds here. Great stuff, on, as always, with the World Cup. You can find it on Fox and FS1 as the days continue. Uh, don't plan on a show next week. NBA free agency will be upon us, though, so uh, you know, we'll have plenty of reaction to where LeBron goes and if Kawhi Leonard gets traded. Who knows? Uh, we don't anticipate a show next week. You never know, though. If we do, it'll be a quick one, uh, but we'll certainly let you know. Otherwise, we'll be back in two weeks for another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Again, you can find us available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block. Also, follow me on Twitter, at Andy Stacken. Also on Facebook, Nathan Stacken. The link posted to this podcast, middle of the later part of the week. Of course, later part this week, because we wanted to wrap up group play talk here for the FIFA World Cup. So for Travis and Marcus, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Uh, Have a very safe and happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day next week. Don't, uh, you know, have fun with the fireworks, have fun with the family, the barbecues, and the the cornhole tournaments, anything that you might do uh, 4th of July. Celebrate it. So, um, so have a great 4th of July. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, barring some significant happenings next week, uh, with another edition of the Sports Block Pod- Podcast. Nathan Sacken saying thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, and we'll, you talk, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Happy 4th of July, everyone.